Hey, I know. I'll use my trusty frying pan as a drying pan. Welcome to Out of the Drying Pan, a Pokemon the Series podcast, where each week we're watching three episodes of the Pokemon anime and discussing them from our now adult perspectives. So what we're going here is for uh, some low-hanging fruit, of course, but we are making fun of a Toyetic children's cartoon, and our main discussion is of the series, but we're going to veer off in any direction, so be prepared for that. And for that reason, this is rated M for mature, but also I for immature. And I'm your host with the most, Jacob, and I'm here with my co-host, Mr. Austin. I'm so glad to discuss these episodes again. I know. Again. Yes, for those that don't know, this is a re-recording. Of course you wouldn't know. This is a re-recording. So for, for, so for of, everyone, this is a re-recording. Yes, for everyone, this is a re-recording of our second episode, because our first recording of this episode, we had a major audio issues, so we're taking care of you, the listener, by re-recording this. So keep that in mind. So our, and our next host is Alex. Hi everyone. Glad to be back for part two. You two. sound so glad to be back. It's awesome. Yes. <laughs> I'm really excited for the next episode where we have to record it three times, and the episode after that where we have to record it four times, and the episode after that where we have to record it five times, etc. Is this a, is this going to be a running theme? Yes. Now? Yes. <laughs> so audience, keep that in mind. That the number of episode we're on is the amount of times that we have recorded that episode. Thus proving our dedication to quality. Just wait till we get to episode 100. I'm really just thinking we're dedicating ourselves to quantity in this case. Yes. Quantity, quality, tomato, tomato. Pokemon. It's all Pokemon. the same. Poke- yes, yes. That was a great transition. Way to follow my lead. So, to kind of begin this episode, we noticed in our first first recording that we kept pronouncing Pokemon differently. So I thought we would kick off this one by kind of having a universal approach to announcing Pokemon. So Austin, how do you go about saying this? I say it wrong. I say Pokemon <laughs> every time consistently. I say Pokeball, Pokedex, Pokerap. What are other pokey things? Pokey flute, uh, Pokeman, Pokeman, Pokey Woman. Basically, I'm gonna be saying Pokemon wrong. In fact, I just said it wrong just now. But I'm trying to make a concerted effort to say poke a mon. Is that right? Poke Pokemon. Poke. I think it's either way. Okay. Poke Pokemon. Pokemon. Right. Poke. I've said it wrong my whole life, too. Yeah. So, Pokemon, which is, I'm sure we've offended so many people. They were pissed. I read the comments of that first episode, and <laughs> brutal. It's a hard habit to break. I mean, you say a word for 20 years, Pokemon. Now, how do we say Arceus, 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 Rayquaza, Rayquaza? Arceus. I say Arceus. Arceus? Arceus? Yeah. Like archaic. Oh, like yeah. That. I mean, that makes sense, I guess. Ar- Arceus. Just... I've said Arceus. 
or Pokemon. Is this like another Bernstein, Berenstain Bears situation? Oh my god, are we in oh, the, po- the Pokemon universe now? The Pokemon. No, no we're in the Pokemon universe, and we started in the Poke universe, <laughs> and that's what we say it wrong. <laughs> For me, it's Pokemon. I know I'm going to say it like that for the rest of time, so just bear with me. Bear, I know it's I'll bear and Pokemon. With you. I, that's how they say it in these early episodes. Po- Pokemon. Pokemon. Poke- no. Pokemon. Pokemon. No, they say Pokemon. I'm confusing myself. Yeah, I think you had it right the first and third time, and then going back to the fourth and eighth time. <laughs> that didn't make sense, but I'm feeling the first and third, maybe the ninth. I think you had it. I I hope you guys can appreciate the mental gymnastics that I just jumped through to reach that sort of conclusion. But I'm gonna call them pocket monsters every single time moving forward. Poketto monsters. Poketto monster. Translation, please. Pokemon. No, wait. Pokemon. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> ah! <laughs> Got him. <laughs> ah! Jacob is the only one who says it right. Pokemon. All right, so to start off our episode discussion, we're going to do an episode summary challenge for each episode. And this is where we get 30 seconds to describe the episode that the randomizer has chosen us for. So, Austin, you have that uh, randomizer ready? Yep, episode four is Alex, episode five is me, and episode six is Jacob. Nice. Okay, so episode four is Challenge of the Samurai, in which we meet our favorite character, Samurai. Okay, I'm going to tell you when to go. You ready? Uh, okay, okay, I'm ready. Go. Ready, set, go. Okay, so in this episode, Ash and friends meet the crazy lunatic bug catcher slash samurai kid who lives in the woods, who's trying to battle all the trainers from Pallet Town. And Misty was there, and she got pissed off at Ash and Bug Catcher because they were being ridiculous. And Team Rocket's there, and then we leave the forest because who wants to ever see samurai again? They tell him that they're gonna see him again, but thank God we never do. Um, Time. And that's it. Okay, perfect. Nice. <laughs> Did you forget that anything? That was good. <laughs> Did we get anything out of that summary? No, that was a... No, did you forget anything? Yes, I forgot. <laughs> I forgot. I'm sorry. It's been a week since I watched it. It's not fresh <laughs> in my mind. I tried really hard. You did good. Okay. You don't, you don't have to lie to me. I know it was bad. Okay, Metapod evolved in the Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The, <laughs> the main thing. <laughs> All right, I'm not, do, I'm not okay. gonna do any better with the next episode, which is titled Shad- "Showdown in Pewter City." I got your timer right here, Austin. Great. Okay, ready? And three, two, one, go. Ash and Misty meet Flint, a mysterious man who sells rock in Pewter City. Ash learns about the gym challenge and he goes about battle Brock when he loses. Flint helps him by torturing Pikachu with an electro generator, and Misty wants to offer help with her water Pokemon, but Ash says no. Um, Ash rebattles Brock, and he could win, but he decides not to because he doesn't want to cheat with the sprinklers. Uh, Flint is Brock's father, and Brock says he's going to go with Ash instead because Flint is a horrible father, and he's finally going to take care of his younger siblings. Um, and then they all run off and step on Team Rocket. Time. Awesome, that was really good. I that was time. good. <laughs> you got oh through my it. God. I did I was... not get through it on our first recording. No. You prepared yourself. <laughs> okay, oh so gosh. for my episode, I totally forgot what happened, so I'm just going to I'm going to do what, what they call was wing that it. episode. I can't even remember what episode 6 was. 
it Clefairy was in the Clefairy in the oh, Moonstone. Yeah. Oh well. <laughs> All right, Jacob, get ready. Three, two, oh. one, go. So Ashton friends run into Ron Hubbard. He's a guy screaming, being <laughs> beaten, <laughs> beating my Zubats. And then they so they go check out what's causing the Zubats to go crazy. They run into Team Rocket, who's looking for the Moonstone. Uh, they beat off Team Rocket, follow find a Clefairy, follow it to the Moonstone. Team Rocket steals the Moonstone, uh, blows up the Moonstone. The Clefairies are like, oh, okay, this is okay. So they start evolving into a uh, Clefable, and then Ron Hubbard decides to join them and live with them forever, and Ash and friends leave to go on their other misadventures, forgetting about whatever happened at the Moonstone place. Time! <laughs> I gave you some extra seconds because we laughed. I was trying so hard not to laugh. Can we name that this podcast great. episode Seymour the Scientologist? Yes. So y'all got that reference? Yes. Oh my god, that was great. I was trying so hard. Oh my god. I remember being confused one time on a on a subway because they were advertising an L. Ron Hubbard book, and I'm like, L. Ron Hubbard isn't publishing new books. What is this about? Oh my gosh. (laughs) I'm in tears, man. I haven't been in tears in a while. That was great. Clearly, you guys have you practiced for this re-recording. This is even better than the first. <laughs> I wanted to change it up from uh, a Scientologist to run over just to make it more, more uh, I guess, connective. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, that was great. Oh my god. Oh, okay. Okay. On that note. <laughs> okay. So we learned that the wilds of Kanto have a lot of crazy people running around. Okay, episode four. Um, I hate samurai. Does anyone disagree? Okay. Nope. <laughs> Next episode. I'm sorry. It takes it takes a little bit of mental energy to even get started talking about samurai because he's so ridiculous. First of all, why? Okay, I want to know why. What is his obsession with the trainers from Pallet Town? Why is this his life's goal? How does he even know of these four kids? Like. They haven't done anything major yet, so how do they have any notoriety whatsoever? Okay, so I actually looked this up, and the canon on Samurai is he's actually originally from Pallet Town, but he was an orphan, and then he got adopted and moved to Pewter City. So what? Like, as he grows, <laughs> he feels that Pallet Stop, stop, Pallet stop, stop. <laughs> wait, wait, I want to know, is this true? Is this true? He feels like Pallet rejected him. So he's taken a bunch of anger out on those from Pallet Town. Stop. Is, wait, okay, wait. Is this like a fabricated backstory? Because I would have believed it. It's Is canon. It no, it's not. <laughs> Can we pretend that it is? Because it makes sense. Like, why else would he be so obsessed? Well, I just want to know where he got his samurai armor from and why he lives in a log cabin in Birdian Forest. It was his dad's before the war. I mean, he is in a samurai suit. Okay, I actually just got it. I, I'm, I think I'm being I'm being dead serious about this. He wears the samurai armor because of the bee drill. But his samurai yeah. arm, his sword is fake. But the armor's not. But how do we know? Because the one time he falls, you hear a loud clank. Oh really? Okay. So he he springs for for real armor, but he can't afford a real sword. That allowance is tight, yo. What allowance? He lives by himself in the forest. No, he's adopted. We've already established this. 
Okay, let's go and point out what my main grievance with this episode was. Uh, which was what? Which was the premise of this episode. The premise is Ash is a neglectful trainer because Samurai tells us this several times. And Ash himself, at one point, near the end, says it. And Metapod appears to be angry at Ash for abandoning him. But it, the exact plot sequence is Ash is trying to catch a Weedle. Samurai attacks Ash and distracts him. Weedle gets away. Ash and Samurai have a battle with their Metapods. The Beedrill swarm, and Samurai says, It's because the Weedle got away because you're a bad trainer. But the Weedle only got away because Samurai distracted Ash. The Beedrill then spend the next bold day following and attacking them. And the are uh, the Beedrill steal Metapod. Ash tries his best to recall it back into the Pokeball, and there's nothing more he could do, and it gets away. And then the first thing at the crack of dawn, he goes back out and tries to get the Metapod back. There's not a single thing that Ash did wrong in this entire episode. It's all Samurai's fault, and he set them up for a failure. I wonder if Samurai goes around manufacturing problems for people that pass through the forest and then destroys their self-esteem by making them believe that they're bad trainers. But only after he fakes a murder attempt with his fake sword. Oh yeah, when he shoves his sword in people's faces. It's an actual sword, too. It's a bendy sword. Oh, it's a plat. Yeah. It's not we're not talking about euphemisms though. Oh. <laughs> These episodes are so hogged with just bad character not bad characters, but you know what I mean, just weird like, people that soak up all the energy. Yes, like Samurai sucks all the air out of the forest with his whatever the hell he has going on. Okay, I just want to say if there's any redeeming quality to this episode i thought the metapod standoff was ridiculous and funny maximum I mean, they're really hard metapod. what nothing <laughs> they're just really hard metapod yeah i know all the hardened jokes you can get out of your system uh i really don't have any more um the sword is soft but the metapod's hard i like that one yeah ah. limp sword hard okay pod. Can we can we just say how much of a boss Metapod or Ash's Metapod anyway was? I mean, it freaking what used Harden one time and then crushed Pincer's like horn thingies. There was something weirdly satisfying about that. Ash's Metapod is special because Dexter at one point notes that it takes one week for Metapod to evolve into Butterfree. Was it a week? Well, apparently they were lost in the forest for two weeks. So maybe it is special in that it didn't evolve when it should have. <laughs> it was a falling yeah, behind it. Metapod. <laughs> it evolved into Metapod so quickly that it took time to recuperate and evolve into Butterfree. Yep. My, True. My whole problem with that was, well, not a problem, but more of a question I had, was the Beedrill's going for Ash and then Metapod leaps into the air, which I didn't realize Metapod could leap into the air, but apparently it can. And then the Beedrill slits it down the back with its spear hand and then butterfree <laughs> emerges from the metapod but the question is had metapod not been ready to evolve in that exact moment would it have died that's a good question is the only reason mm -hmm. it was able to spring into the air like that because it was about to evolve into butterfree i think i i have a question have we okay so clearly these early episodes are different in that the way that the pokemon evolve or at least like caterpie evolving into metapod it evolved using, like, string shot to surround itself and make the cocoon, you know, metapod. But have we ever seen another 
bug type ever evolve like that or has it been just the glowy shape-shifty thing i feel like we should know this because we just watched journeys with um the wormholes uh Hmm. but i think no i think they just like glowed and then became silcoon or whatever doesn't spinarak do something like that maybe that's what i'm trying to remember and i just can't and i'm like okay so maybe we should like watch for that Let's do a oh podcast God. where we watch every episode of the Pokemon anime and pay attention to that detail. Well, we have to make a note of it. We okay. have to make a note. Like, okay, Earmark Calipi. that for now. Yes. Oh, speaking of weird things, Metapod's form, Metapod's shape, Metapod oh, existing yeah. on oh, a yes, three-dimensional yes. plane as conveyed through a two-dimensional cartoon. The last time I think we talked about this, we were going to watch out for that because you were so fascinated with Metapod defying like reality yes. with how it looks. And I can officially confirm that Metapod changed between episodes because the placement of its eyes is now on the opposite side of where it was previously. They probably looked at it and they were like, this doesn't make any damn sense. We gotta redraw it. No, that makes less sense. Well, it seemingly shifts over time. <laughs> go all in then. It is a special Metapod. Remember that. That's true. Ash's Metapod does not exist according to any logic. I just imagine its eyes moving oh, all in sync, like from one side of his head to the other. Like it's on the right side, then it uh, makes this big old like U shape to form to the other side. So, what did we do? Do we agree what what is the front of Metapod? Like, I think is it go on the back? Like, what is the back? See, what is the front? What I don't we know. say is, we're saying the front is the front the back is the back is the front. We don't even know <laughs> where to know. begin. <laughs> This thing is a catastrophe. That's what I'm asking. That's what I'm asking. Exactly. I think crescent moon form with a nose is the side of Metapod, right? (laughs) Is that correct? Yes. And if you were to turn to the back, the nose becomes like a horn, right? (laughs) Maybe. So if you're looking at Metapod, if you're behind Metapod, right? is that the face or the back? Back, in, like in this episode, back. it was seemingly the face, but I think typically it's the back, and the yeah. eyes are facing forward. Oh my god! <laughs> so the the diamondy shapes on the front are the front. I think yes. so, and like there was like protrusions on either side that point backwards. Metapod makes no damn. Sense. I'm glad you all I see this like, now. Oh I'm glad god. I brought this to your <laughs> yes. You've my made an image in my hurting. head, Austin, that I just can't get rid of. I feel like if Metapod. In real life, was looking at me. I wouldn't know he was looking at me. It's, you know? it's looking at you from all sides simultaneously. <laughs> yeah, it's like an owl or something. I don't know. Flounder. Schrodinger's Metapod, simultaneously looking at you and not looking at you. Like, okay, yeah. I like Metapod, but I'm glad to not stick around because that thing freaks me out. Metapod didn't ask for this life. Why did the Demodrill take Metapod and then keep it in its cocoon layer? Were they going to raise it as their own, or were they, like, preparing it for a sacrifice? I think they were going to feed it to the new offspring. Ooh. Poor Metapod. Maybe they also were trying to figure it out. They were like, okay, let's look at this thing from all angles. Yeah, Kakuna makes much more visual sense. There's a real front of Kakuna. Absolutely. It it has a face and everything. Even though I feel like Kakuna also used to be inconsistent, because in some sprites you see the Beedrill things come out of it. What, like, it's little, like, pincery things? Yeah. The spears? Yeah. Like, on the front of it. Yeah. Hmm. I think it was one of the early sprites had it, like, kind of... It did, yes. It looked more I'm actually picturing that in my head now. Like, yeah. Like, stabbing out or whatever, but... but... Like, those are the spikes that it, like, kind of has on its front side. Standardized, right? Protection spikes. Yes. From predators. But, 
But Kakuna also evolves in the same way as we saw Metapod evolve. It splits down the back and they just fly out the back. Mm -hmm. So the pincer thingies are separate. Well, the spears, I guess. If I were to find like a Kakuna skin just like laying up against a tree, I'd take that home. (laughs) That looks cool. I would too. On the wall. Oh my god. I would not do the same thing with a Metapod because that thing would bore a hole in reality when I wasn't looking. (laughs) It would change completely. I don't know. If I saw a bug that big in real life, I might die. That scene was pretty cool, it though. Would, it with would the... kill you. The bee drill. If they stab you, like Jesse oh, says, yeah. have you ever been stung by a bee drill? Seeing it hurts. And I'm like, yeah, it would go straight through your lung and murder you. That's less of a sting and more of an impaling. Yes. Yes, it would. It would kill you. I mean, there's just no way. Wait around the like, bush. Can we talk about the scene Wait. where Ash and friends are running? running away from the swarm of beedrills and they thank god they had a place to hide the log cabin in the woods they run inside and the beedrills like go all the shining and <laughs> like bash through the door with their stingers i was like if that was a human body like austin you're right you would die immediately but i think that go straight i think you. your samurai armor theory makes sense with that in mind Yes, that's what I was talking about. As opposed to Team Rocket and the little paper tank. Yes. Which doesn't make any sense either, but whatever. They they tried. Something is better than nothing. <laughs> Just, we made like, it out of paper to reduce the weight. <laughs> why was it as in the shape of a car and not something like inconspicuous like a bush or something? Actual camouflage. Team Rocket also did a loud performance in front of the Beedrill Swarm, including the explosions that go off behind them. So I don't think they were necessarily the smartest when it comes to Beedrills. Not at all. Like the scene where, um, we talked about this in the first recording, how Ash tries to sacrifice Team Rocket to get Metapod. <laughs> that was one of the greatest... I, I mean, I love early Ash for that exact reason. <laughs> He's like, like I don't the know hell what time with them. It is. <laughs> yeah, the hell with Team Rocket. I'm just gonna run through the Beedrill Swarm and let them dive bomb Team Rocket. They can be the sacrifice. Yeah, I put that scene in my note. Is like, why the hell is he running towards the Beedrill? And then I was like, huh. Well played, Ash. Well played. And his plan worked he, completely. Uh, it did work. Did we like the little detail of he grabs Metapod and then he just trips for no apparent reason? He just trips. <laughs> That's it. Yep. <laughs> He didn't tie his shoes. As if Metapod hadn't been through enough already. Doesn't it cry in this episode? It eyes tear up. Yeah. I cried too, Metapod. I cried too. Ash was having his like epiphany on I was a bad trainer and I'll never make excuses again and I won't ever abandon you. Which again, I'll stand up for Ash. He did nothing wrong. Yeah, he didn't. Yeah, Samurai just completely screwed Ash and friends over this episode, but and thankfully he shortly after this was killed by the Beedrill. <laughs> Is that why Rip. we never see him again? Yes. Rip Samurai. <laughs> so what they actually did is where the Kakuna war were they actually killed Samurai Kid and then took his skin and put it on the tree as a warning to others to not mess with the Kakuna and the Beedrill. I mean they easily I mean, could. I'm- at the end, Team Rocket was wrapped up in something. Which, can I just say, why even go through the trouble of trying to disguise yourself among the Kakuna? Just leave the forest. Just walk out of it. 
Like, why even try? Yeah, they were up in the tree. How did that happen? I know, that's my question. I'm like, why are they even bothering hanging around in this tree? Like, just mosey on. Wait till nighttime, slice yourself, and get out of there. Or slice the web, and get out of there. <laughs> Sometimes I wonder why they decided for so long that Team Rocket literally has to make an appearance in every episode. Like, was that part of the actor contracts or something? That's a good question. Because they, I mean, do... they don't do anything for a lot of the episodes. They exist to antagonize Ash and create conflict in the episode. Yeah, but like in That's retrospect, it it's so funny because we had already had so many antagonistic forces that we had no need for Team Rocket here. And these days, they wouldn't even be in the episode. But back in the day, they were in every episode. That's what makes these episodes so hard. There's just so much going on in each one. And it's, it's jam-packed in 20 minutes, but like literally there's uh, 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 so much going on. I can't even keep up with a kid's cartoon. That's where I'm at right now. All right, do we want to do MVP, LVP? Yeah, so for each episode, we're going to pick an, a most valuable player and a least valuable player. And so we're going to we're gonna pick these characters uh, based on how we fill the episode when, based on the characters of each episode. And the difficult comes when each character can only be chosen once. So, like, for example, if I choose, like, Brock or something in an episode, then Austin and Alex can't choose Brock, whether it's their MVP or LVP. We can only keep one character per MVP or LVP. All right, and Jacob, you're in luck because you go first. Nice. Then me, then Alex. Aw, <laughs> oh, damn. All right, so my my MVP for, um, let me see, episode four, I'm going to have to go with Ash Ketchum as my MVP. And this is simply based on Austin's justification of the fact that Ash really didn't do anything wrong this episode. And he actually showed some cleverness in having the Beedrill run after Team Rocket instead of himself. And my LVP this episode is I'm gonna I'm not gonna go for the easy one. I'm gonna say probably Jesse. Hmm. Why specifically Jesse and not the whole of Team Rocket? I say Jesse because she specifically knows how dangerous the Beedrill are and how they attack. She apparently has some history with them, but yet she puts Team Rocket continuously in the most dangerous positions to be attacked by the Beedrill. So for that reason, she's my LVP. Interesting choice. You didn't take the obvious one. No, I want to leave that for y'all. I felt like that was mean and harsh and cruel. Mm, and that's very nice. That's not you. my style. That's not my style. Well, I'm also gonna not take the obvious ones for either. Cause I'm gonna do the same ones I did last time, which is MVP for Kakuna because their one little scene where Ash finds them in a tree field area uh, is really cool. <laughs> <laughs> it's really cool. <laughs> That was really cool. I'm sorry. Okay. (laughs) The Kakuna hatching was all really cool. I like them. They look scary, even though they just sit there. Yay, Kakuna. Kakuna forever. Uh, Get wrecked, Metapod. Uh, What? (laughs) What? My LVP LVP is not Metapod. It's Pinsir because it lost to Metapod. Well, then obviously Metapod isn't that terrible if it can beat a pincer no. of all things. No, that's Samurai's pincer. Of course it's terrible. Okay. Yeah. And Ash had a special metapod out there, so it was an unfair fight to begin with. If you insist, all right, I'll... I'm team metapod. But, so, I guess for my MVP, neither of my choices, well, I take that back because Jacob did pick Ash and I can't pick Ash. In, my, in the original recording... I picked Ash for MVP, but now I can't. Okay, so let me think about this. You know what? I'm just going to say Metapod because as MVP, because he accomplished a lot this episode. He evolved, which was really great. Good for Metapod. He 
won the Metapod showdown against the inferior Metapod, and he single-handedly beat a pincer. So, I don't know, Team Metapod, you can't say he didn't accomplish anything in this episode. He basically carried the whole thing. Plus, he invoked that whole discussion of what is Metapod? How does it exist in the world? And is it forward or is it backwards? Is it, it left? Yeah, is it what, right? When you look at it, what what is it that we're even looking at? So, Are we truly sure that the top of Metapod is not the bottom of Metapod? Oh my god, now mm. you've opened up a whole new universe. <laughs> oh my god. See, you could go on forever about Metapod and it's just physical being. So, for that reason, MVP, Metapod. And least valuable player... You know what? This didn't come up at all, and I forgot to mention this. I did write a note down about Pidgeotto. Nobody brought up Pidgeotto. Mm. And how absolutely ridiculous Pidgeotto was in this episode. So, I just want to know, that poor thing. It Ash brought it out into battle with the Weedle, which was a completely, like, one-handed, one-sided fight. Pidgeotto against Weedle, no-brainer. He recalls it after that and then brings it immediately back out to face Samurai and somehow it's on Death's doorstep. I don't understand that at all. I guess they needed a reason to write Pidgeotto out of this episode. So they're like, oh yeah, Pidgeotto's, you know, <laughs> dying and you can't bring it back out. Don't you need, don't you know your Pokemon need rest? So that's why he's know. least valuable. To me. I'm so sorry. Jacob, why did you send us a gallery of Metapod gifts? So we can like look at it. Yeah, we need a visual component for this. I was I was hoping it would help like sort out the conflict. Okay, so I'm gonna have to retroactively take back my LVP because no one took Samurai for LVP, and that's a crime against humanity, and he's mine now. He was so bad. I think it was just a given. No, I so lined him Aust- up for you, and you didn't take it. So now I'm going to take it. Yeah. Well, Austin, I, I got to... I don't know, though, Austin. So after knowing his backstory and the hardship that no, he No, no, no. This <laughs> is not the fan fiction episode. LVP? We are going to do a, a fan fiction episode before you know it, where we all write our own Pokemon fan fiction. It could be about any topic. I'm going to write mine about Metapod. Okay. <laughs> I could not. I could not address Pidgeotto as being completely useless, though. I had to stick with my original choice, just for he was, though. posterity. But I wonder if Pidgeotto has eaten in this entire time that Ash has owned him, because they haven't met Brock yet. Do they Ooh. need to eat if they're in the Pokeballs? That's an excellent question. Do they? They don't know. Remember, because in like the, I think it was the last series of episodes we watched, Ash catches someone in a Pokeball or returns a Pokemon, and he goes, "Huh." I hope you're comfortable in there. <laughs> so, that was yeah. Caterpie. A Caterpie, yeah, they have no idea what goes on in there. So if I'm going to take a Pokeball and I am to put it in a locker for 20 years, will I come back 20 years later and it's like Captain America, no time has passed? No. It doesn't need to eat. It wouldn't be, str- it wouldn't be stronger because it wouldn't level it up, but I would hope it would still be alive. Otherwise, when that thing pops open, it's going to stink really bad. Oh, jeez. need to shower. I th- isn't there I a- the two ways it's gonna go? It's like cryostasis, and then the Pokeball. They're in like cryostasis, or it's the robot chicken theory where like it's just like mad pimping in there, where they're like 
relaxed and there's drinks going around and it's just like a club. So, whichever one you want, whichever one you want. I thought there was a later episode where James was it James maybe? Oh, you're right. Sorry. Was it was it Carnivine? (laughs) I know I'm skipping way. Yeah, you are. Thank you, Alex. Carnivine was like in a lockbox for like. 15 years that's it 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 was completely (laughs) it was fine fine so you know going judging by that i guess when they get digitized or whatever happens to them when they go into the whoa whoa digitized whoa whoa we can't say that about pokemon people get really offended okay pokemon digital monsters Pokemon tech, champion. Techie heads out there that get offended by that. Sorry, I hey, you digi the... heads better back off. I love Digimon. I just got a Digimon thing in the mail today. Ooh, who was it? Uh, it wasn't a person. It was a <laughs> manga. Ooh, oh, well, I was about to say Austin. Digimon are people too. Okay. I mean, I think there are more people than Pokemon are. That hot is take. True. Hot I mean, take. You've got like Angiomon. I mean, they're they're basically people with costumes on. I'm so mm-hmm. sorry. I'm so distracted watching the robot chicken clip where Ash battles Henry Kissinger. <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> oh my god! So that episode was a complete trip. And thank God we never have to see Samurai again. Oh, we're not even there at the trips yet. Before that. Quotes. Quotes. Yes. Okay. So this is going to be our... Oh, uh, you can explain real quick? Yeah. All righty. So for each episode, we're going to do our 4K... 4, 4K. 4 Kids Dub Dialogue Competition. So this is our dialogue competition where we pick our favorite quote from the episode. And we can only pick one quote once again. So it's the same thing of like, you know, if I say something, Alex Rossi can't say it. Sort of like that. And it's up to the randomizer on who goes first. The randomizer Second says, and third. Alex, Austin, Jacob. Was this the same order we were in last time? I have no idea. Okay, so my quote that I picked was by Misty, because she was the only sane person in this episode. Um, so she says at one point, I think it was during the battle that Samurai, well, I guess, it, could you even call it a battle? I don't even know, but... The battle between Samurai and Ash, between the Metapods, and she says, We can be stuck in this force for the rest of our lives. Boys can be so stubborn. And that resonated with me, so that's why I picked that one. Are you thinking of any boys in particular when you say that, Alex? Every boy ever. Uh, speaking of which, you should probably check that link that Jacob just put in the Discord chat. Let's see what it is. Is this gonna be something naughty? Oh my god. <laughs> So, for listeners, that would be Lilithmon from Digimon Cross Wars, in which she is having a very, um... Jovial laugh. As she caresses her breasts. Voluptuous bosom. Note that I did not say Lilithmon from Digimon Fusion, because the dub censored that, and I agree with them to do that. I just want to know how you even remembered that. Yeah, how did that... (laughs) That is really impressive. I wasn't going to say anything. That was awesome. You have a great memory. Have you seen Digimon Cross Wars? No. Oh. Why did that stick out in your head? You talking about me? Yes. I don't know. I was just agreeing. I want to belong. Oh, Lordy. Okay, my quote. (laughs) I don't know how we went from talking about (laughs) 
Boy, well, you know what? Boys can be stubborn. Case there you point, go. There you go. My quote. Uh, it's Ash saying to Samurai, <laughs> take back that novice crack. Because it sounds just like he says, take back that novice crap. And I love that. He could have said crap for all we know. He said crack. It crack? Sounded, <laughs> crack? It, it sounded like crap. I choose to believe he said crap. It sounded just like crap. Probably said shit. Well, obviously he did say crack, <laughs> but the crack addict Pidgey from um, Viridian City took the crack. So you had to say crap. Instead. Oh my god! I still don't remember what you guys were talking about with that. Oh my god! Now I gotta find thing. that. Jacob, do your quote. So, um, I found it really funny when Ash said "cowderpee." Uh, oh, at the <laughs> beginning. And that's my quote. And he dressed up as the cow. It was so cute. So y'all were talking about crack rocks. Were, we were, were talking we? about um crack rocks. Rocks in Peter City is what we're talking about. Oh yeah, crack. Speaking of rocks, yeah. So, we can get our next episode. Episode five. <laughs> we come across another, shall I say, interesting character. More of a scumball, sleazebag. Any other kind of names we want to throw out there? Rockhead. Good for nothing father. Yeah, that's good. Mm-hmm. Prick. Deadbeat dad. <laughs> Deadbeat dad. <laughs> There's a lot of those going around Kanto. And really yeah. the Pokemon world in general. Would you say that Flint hit rock bottom? Hey. Oh. Hey. Okay, that was my terrible pun for the day. You should write four kids. Ah. Well, if they still were around, that'd be great. Mm. <laughs> oh, uh, oh, before, um, so this is when we kind of obviously meet Brock or whatever. Wait a minute. Right? Can I just, can I just take a second? How did you find that, Austin? <laughs> That's pretty impressive. Okay, just for the record, Austin just sent a, a Discord chat image of the crack Pidgey, and I am so impressed that that even exists. Like, somebody took a picture of that specifically. Oh my god, okay. It makes sense. Okay, now I see what you're saying. Yeah. Jacob, stop it, it sending crack addict pictures in Discord. <laughs> <laughs> it, it definitely, definitely <laughs> looks like there's something going on with it. Oh, Lord. <laughs> this oh high my fuck. god! <laughs> okay, this this re-recording is going off the rails, but maybe that'll make it much all that much better. That's for the best. To. It was fate. <laughs> okay, so we were talking about episode five. Brock, showdown yes. in Pewter City. Can I can I mention something real quick? Yes, please do. Okay, so we're mentioned uh, or we're we're introduced to Brock this episode, correct? Right. Yes. And I was gonna do this. I was gonna do this earlier, but we were talking about. Um, so Eric Stewart is his voice actor, right? Right. Yes. So I'm watching an anime on the side that has him in it as well, to where he actually plays Brock and Seto Kaiba like interchangeably, and it's awesome. So if you guys want to check out an anime that has Eric Stewart playing Brock and Kaiba, but he switches the characters every other line, check out Slayers. Wait, is he doing That's that on purpose? Quick plug. I don't know if he's doing it on oh. purpose, but some some points he's like. Super serious, and he's Seto, and then the next time he turned around, he's like, "Oh, I think we can help each other." And he's Brock. <laughs> Wait a just... second, I'm trying to remember Seto Kaiba's ver- voice, and I'm just hearing Brock. It's a little deeper. Okay, so it's kind of like um, he's a little more high pitched with uh Brock, and then with Seto, he's a little bit like down here a little bit. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, Alex, do you want to lead the Brock discussion? It would be my pleasure, Austin, because. 
as everybody here knows, or maybe they don't know, for all the listeners out there, Brock is my all-time favorite character of the anime across every single season of Pokemon. So, I love Brock, he's the best. So, it's a super exciting episode for me, because this is our first introduction to Brock, which, speaking of his introduction, I just want to say how ridiculous it was. The very first time we meet Brock, he's sitting in the dark. Yes. Like, why? Does he just sit around all day in the gym waiting for people, just sitting in the dark? Well, he's a rock. He's a rock? He's a, a rock. So, I just have to appreciate that. The dedication. The dedication to his job. He just sits around all day waiting for trainers to come by. Will there be a trainer? Who knows? But he sits there anyway. Brock just radiates hating his life through this whole episode. Yeah. Could you blame him, though? <laughs> I mean... He has been in a pretty shitty situation as far as it's not very, even his fault. This like his situation's not even his fault. It's another thing. He had a very bad childhood through no fault of his own. Mm-hmm. He did the best he could possibly do. Mm-hmm. And he's doing pretty well, apparently. I mean, he's a he's a gym leader. What? He's only what? 15. I think he's got his shit together pretty well. He takes care of what? Nine other siblings somehow has time to manage a gym. It's impressive. And all because of Flint. And Lola, who is apparently dead. Apparently. That we know of. Until she's not dead, miraculously. We're not going to talk about it. She's skipping ahead. You're skipping ahead. Spoilers. Okay, going back, going back. Spoiler uh, alert. Uh, so, Flint is the first character we're kind of introduced to this in this episode. <laughs> okay. What? <laughs> oh my god. I'm sorry, you guys. This is so bad. It's bad because we're repeating <laughs> what we've already said and we're like trying to go for like new clever ways to I do know. it. I know. It's really tough. I was like, I'm oh sorry. god. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, this is going to have to all be cut out, but I'm really struggling to remember what the hell we talked about the first no, time. No, no. This I is staying too. in, Alex. <laughs> what? This is keeping this is going this is staying in. in. Oh no. Oh god. Oh, God. So my breakdown's going to be immortalized on this podcast. Okay, let's just do, like, a quick hot topics. Okay, Flint, he lies about his wife being dead. He says that Brock has ten younger siblings when he actually has nine younger siblings. He wears a fake beard for no reason. Because... <laughs> oh, because yeah! I, I oh, my God! Alex pointed out. Ash doesn't that, know what he looks like! Yeah. That's true. I do remember. So the the, the original point... I, I'm sorry, Austin, I don't mean to jump in, but you jogged my memory. Please do. The, the original point that I made about Flint was, like, why the hell is he wearing his dumb beard disguise? Because it's not like Ash even knows who this person is, so why would he need to disguise himself at all? He wouldn't. Who is he disguising himself? And then, oh, and then the whole spying on Brock yes. right oh, there outside the window. On the lookout, where everyone can see them. <laughs> They're just sitting there having, a like... A full-on conversation in front of this open window, and nobody seems to... Brock and none of the kids seem to notice he's standing right there. Wait. Or care. Wait, when you're living a life with your open window, you don't have random people walk by and, like, give a monologue on your sad life (laughs) situation? (laughs) That's normal where I live. Yeah. And also, it's like like your missing father wearing a fake beard coming to point you... Like, bring young children over to mock your children that you abandoned. Mm. I'm getting PTSD. Mm. And can we talk about Ash's willingness to just follow this random adult man around and then willingly go along with his plan to, like, as you said earlier, Austin, torture his Pikachu? Oh, oh, so you agree that Pikachu was tortured? 
Yes, okay. now we're changing we're changing uh our minds here apparently. Mm-hmm. I well, let me okay, can I just take a step back for a second? The original point that I made when we did this podcast episode the first time was I do appreciate the way they approach tr- training in these early episodes because as it is now when Ash trains or whoever the character is training and they have the montage of them doing whatever it's just them battling having the pokemon battle against each other actually using moves and training and it's like okay that makes sense i guess but in these early episodes they use outside influences like they use the environment to to train the pokemon so in this instance it was ash hooking pikachu up to the water wheel and then using the water wheel as like a generator to physically power up Pikachu's electric attacks, which I guess it's interesting. It's an interesting approach. It's like, yes, is Pikachu being hurt by it? I don't know. Flint says at some point, he's like, okay, just hang on. <laughs> Pikachu screams out in to... pain. Yes, he's pretty. <laughs> he's very yes. clearly suffering. I was about to say. <laughs> okay, I guess in that regard, but. You have to admit it's an interesting approach. Yes, it is very interesting, and it reminds but me of failed. steroid injections. Yes, it's a steroid, oh and like, Ash is listening to a proclaimed failed trainer, too, by the way. Wait, who said that he's a failed trainer? Flint. Oh, you're talking about at the end. Yeah, towards the end, but like Ash just willingly follows, like you said, just follows his guy out into the woods to an abandoned house, or whatever it is that power plant thing and this like you said just lets him charge him up and then let's pikachu suffer but hey flint says it's okay so let's do it i do feel bad like misty so ash kind of i mean he's a little bit of a jerk this episode in my opinion i mean poor misty's over there like hey just ask me nicely and i'll help you i have you know a trick that will let you ace this battle with Brock, and he's like, "No, screw you! I'm gonna do it my way." Your your options are either steroid torture or using your not your not your Pokemon. So I feel like neither of those are deserving of a gym badge, nor would they improve Ash's abilities or skills as a trainer in preparation for the yep. Pokemon League. <laughs> <laughs> Which is why he's a failure of a trainer or a loser. Well, speaking, he is for now. <laughs> yep, he is, yes, he is for now. Speaking of, like, a completely contrived battle, like, Ash, the way he won against Onyx was just ridiculous. Onyx is a rock-slash-ground-type Pokemon. How on earth would even, even being sprayed with the water, which, don't even get me started on that, but how would that, how would an electric attack even have any effect on it anyway? I'm willing to accept it. I'm willing to be like, okay, water conducts electricity, the water, Onyx is freaking out. Uh, we already saw Geodude got zapped to a pebble yeah. with an electric shock earlier. Poor but Geodude. But didn't, didn't Onyx win, though? Yes. Technically, yes. Yeah, he it knocked did... Pikachu out, and then yes. Rock was, like, KO'd or something. It won both times. In the second rematch, it did knock Pikachu out with Bind, but then... I mean, to Ash's credit, he was like, yeah, no, I didn't really win fair and square, but then Brock had a... He just wanted to get the hell out of Dodge. He was like, forget it, I'm giving you this badge so I can leave with you. Yeah. <laughs> Why did he I found my dad. himself to Ash like that, though? That's my question. That's not a normal thing to do. Wait, say that again? Why did he attach himself to Ash? Well, would you... Do you blame Brock? He wanted to get out of there. He was, like, chained to his life being, like, a caretaker... Unwillingly. Yeah, maybe Brock had that a premonition. That was his one way out. Brock had a premonition that, that he had to be with Ash 
to leave his house for 13 years and not age. He found the the fountain of youth in Ash. So <laughs> he didn't. Knew Ash didn't was Brock? The main character. That's true too. But doesn't Brock say something about I can see you care about Pokemon? I too care about Pokemon. Mm. And doesn't he have like that soliloquy where he talks about being a a um, breeder? Yes. That's and so I think that's kind of like the connection that they get. And then Brock's like, "I'm gonna follow you," and he sticks with him. I'm going to follow you for the rest of your life because you're the main character. Because it's never going to end. Not as far as we know. So, overall, it was a much better episode, I think, than the previous one. Oh, yeah. It's a classic. I mean, we get introduced to Brock, best character ever. Yeah, with that being our kind of closing discussion, we're going to go into our MVP and LVPs for this episode. Oh, my God. You know what? I just had this thought. We did not never mind. 30... Sorry, I just I just completely forgot. We did not do the episode summary challenge. Yes, we oh, did. Well. Yeah, we did. Yes. Yes. Oh, we did. <laughs> keeping that in the podcast. It if is 420. Can't tell, I am completely exhausted. <laughs> sorry, it's I completely, completely forgot we even did that. So, I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, Jacob, Austin, Alex, go. Woo-woo. Sorry, Alex, you're at the end again. I don't care. I need a rest. <laughs> should we should we say goodbye? So, what? To you. Bye. No, I'm just just give me a minute okay. to recover. <laughs> like recover. Get some myself. coffee. Let's all take a and minute. I'll be okay. Follow my cue. Breathe in. You... Breathe out. Okay. We're good to go. MVP. Right, go I am so sorry I interrupted you for that. You're good. <laughs> That's great material. So my MVP for this episode, mm, of course, is going to be Onyx. I just say Onyx because I think Onyx is really cool in these first episodes. He's such a big Pokemon compared to everything else. And he wins twice in this episode. And he be- Yeah, he beats Pikachu twice. Even though that's kind of an easy battle, I still say Onyx is Onyx is just a badass Pokemon in these first few episodes. Good choice. And um, my LVP, of course, is going to be... I'm not even going to get the low-hanging fruit here. I'm going to go with Pikachu. Oh. Yep, Pikachu. Wow, because switch. he gets tortured, and he still loses. And really, he doesn't do anything that contributes this episode, except for lose and get tortured. So it's not necessarily he had a bad performance. It's more of Ash kind of put him in. Ash probably should be, whatever. Pikachu is my LVP <laughs> <laughs> because of that. Okay. Poor Pikachu. <laughs> I know, poor Pikachu. <laughs> Can I take a moment to do a Pokeball mechanics? Yes. Yes. In the first episode, when Ash tried to recall Pikachu, he, like, threw the ball at Pikachu, and Pikachu, like, smacked it back with his tail and stuff. And in this mm-hmm. episode, he tried to do it, and the beam shot out, and Onyx blocked it. Um, I'm just wondering, logically, wouldn't the beam not be able to shoot out if Pikachu didn't want to return? Or, no, there are instances of Pokemon being surprised as they're being hit by the beam, right? Yes. I believe so. Okay. Episode 38. What What's episode 38? Did you just pick 38? Wait, is that the Porygon episode? episode? Cyber Soldier Porygon, yeah. Damn, okay. Alright, we'll have to look out for that. But Alex won't, because she won't watch that episode. I'm just, I'm afraid. We'll get there when we get there. Also, I was gonna say, and maybe I'm completely dreaming this and making it up, but is there ever an instance... Where a a Pokemon that's been caught, a trainer tried to return it to the ball using the beam, 
and it shook it off the beam and refused to go back in. Have we ever seen that, or am I smoking crack? I, I don't know. I think we've seen them go back in and then immediately pop back out. Hmm. Hmm. We'll have to keep an eye out for that. Let's do a whole episode just about Pokemon mechanics. Oh, please. Oh, good lord. That's a 10-hour episode right there. There's so much to talk about. Okay, my MVP, LVP. My MVP goes to Team Rocket for their first ever Pitfall Trap, immediately getting trapped in the Pitfall Trap, spending at least 48 hours in the Pitfall Trap underground with no way to breathe, (laughs) and then popping out at the end of the episode and getting stepped on on the head. And I appreciate that because they knew when not to be annoying in the episode. There wasn't enough time for them. Good point. So they laid low until their time was up. Mm, yep. That's what they should do. My LVP <laughs> is going to be the actual low-hanging fruit. Actually, no, I take it back. I'm going to say that for Alex in case she needs it. Oh, thank you so much. Do you, okay, I will have Susie, who always rips her dresses. Oh, that's what <laughs> yes. you originally yeah. said. Yes. Susie, that was a good one. Ah. Susie, get your shit together. Come on. You don't have parents. You need to treasure your things. Oh, my God, Austin. <laughs> you don't Why have parents. Why are you calling her out of all the kids? Doesn't Brock list off, like, other failures yes, but, from the other kids? But he says that Susie always rips her dresses. And I'm like, damn that, Susie. Get it together. Yeah, Brock has, he has better things to do than mend her dresses all the t- damn time. So. I bet Susie, now that Brock has left, is, like, living like... An orphan in a Charles Dickens novel, like in tatters. <laughs> Flint's gone. He just left again. <laughs> Please, sir, may I have some more? So, no. is like CPS not a thing in the Pokemon universe? Apparently not. No. Well, then again, 10 year no... children are expected to survive in the wilderness, so definitely yeah, not. Sure. They... Obviously, these kids should be self sufficient then, but you know. Get it together, Susie. Come on. Okay, so I'm sure this is no surprise to anybody, but my MVP is Brock because he's Brock. And I really don't know if I even need to give an explanation. No, you don't. Because <laughs> he's the best. And besides, this was his episode, and we got introduced to him for the first time, and he's just overhaul great. He can do everything. He's the voice of reason later on in the group. He can cook. He keeps Ash from dying, I guess, and... He knows how to actually take care of Pokemon. So he's the he's the whole package. He's the best. Best character. And LVP. And I'm sure this also comes as no surprise. And Austin, thank you for allowing me to have this. Mm-hmm. But my pick was Flint. Because... What? I know. Oh my god. Shocker. How could I pick him? This is bullshit. Because he's just... He's just terrible. And he rips people off. He Not only has he had a <laughs> deadbeat dad who, you know, abandoned his family to, like, do god knows what but he just rips people off and sells them rocks like what is he telling people about these rocks well you gotta they seem o- you gotta pay the sitting fee i guess yep. it's a sitting it's, rock it's, it's very overpriced and clearly a scam so he's terrible in so many ways flint's the worst you guys ready for quotes yeah because so i'm for... first and then it's alex and this jacob what yep sorry jacob ah I'm going to pick a different quote this time. Um, my new quote is, at the very beginning of the episode, when they're sitting on Flint's rocks, which sounds awful. Oh my god. <laughs> Flintstones. Oh, <laughs> Get it? Flintstones. Oh, Meet god. the Flintstones. They're your modern... Meet the Flintstones. I'm not going to say He'll leave your family and abandon you. <laughs> anyway. 
was lovely. Ash Ash asked Misty, who's this old guy? And Misty's response is, never met him. Okay, uh, I picked the thing that Flint says at the end. I think he says to Ash, he says, you reminded me of myself. You didn't seem to have a chance. And I was like, damn, that was ice cold. (laughs) Want some ice for that burn? I'm like, well, I guess Flint sort of has a point. Ash seems like a helpless, good for nothing. So he took pity on him, but... Hmm. So I guess it's my turn. <laughs> yes. I don't really have a. This is any... going so well. Okay. Yeah. Do you want to borrow mine, Jacob? What? Do you want to borrow mine? No, I got. I got one. Okay. It's, um, when Ash is battling Brock, and I guess he's about to kill Onyx, and he goes, "My conscience is holding me back. I can't bring myself <laughs> to beat Brock. I'm imagining his little brothers and sisters stopping me from beating the one person they love." And then the lights pan out, turn on, and all his siblings are just smothering Ash, begging him for mercy. <laughs> that was pretty funny. I hope Did you know that's actually a reference had. to an old anime? Is what now? That, that sequence is in reference to an old anime. Which one? I have Berserk? no idea. Someone's trying to avenge their slaughtered younger siblings. And in the last episode, when he tries to avenge... By killing their murderer, the murderer is weighed down by the consciousness of their dead children hanging off of him, and they allow oh. him to kill kill the murderer. Dang, berserk! Is it berserk? I, I don't know. I have no idea. I don't know anime. Don't watch that. Oh, yeah, okay, I just won't. do your do yourself a favor and do not watch it. Oh, hot take. Or do it and you'll love it. Or hate it. <laughs> I'm sorry, that anime scarred me for life. How, it did, it will scar you. Were you guys watched it? What? I don't know anything about it. Okay, so Berserk oh, is God, about... Here we go. I googled yeah, the I word mean, Berserk. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'll sum it up really quickly, because it's, it, it, it's a big story. But basically the anime involves, there's this guy named Guts, and he joins a mercenary group called the Band of the Hawk, and it's led by this man named Griffith. And Griffith is like this, kind of like a warlord who is just known throughout the region as... His, like, mercenary corps is just, like, the badass group of the region. Well, one day, uh, Griffith gets caught by this king sleeping with his daughter. So he oh. tortures Griffith, and it, it takes a weird turn. This is It goes from one extreme to the other. And Griffith basically goes to starvation and gets to the point of death where he's nothing but, like, bone and skin. And he's wearing this, uh, I can't remember what it's called. It's like a necklace, but it's... Something, but anyway, the necklace is possessed, and so when Griffith like calls to it, he turns into a like a demon, and then the world literally gets engulfed in hell. And that's berserk. Okay. <clears throat> and then some other awful stuff happens. Yes, I'm not going to talk about that stuff though, because no, it's, please uh, don't. Yeah. Are we talking about berserk? Because we don't want to talk about Seymour, the Scientologist. No, no, no. It's Ron Hubbard. Okay, we got to get it right. L. Ron Hubbard. Okay, L. Ron I'm gonna Hubbard. Call him Seymour. Yeah, every we can talk about episode six. Yes, every I don't know. Every time somebody says the name Seymour, I always think of Little Shop of Horrors. Feed me, Seymour. That exactly. I think but... of the Mighty Ducks. <laughs> Why? Because when uh, they go to Rodeo Drive and Goldberg's like going to one of those monitors, and he goes, "Hey, my name's Seymour." He's like, "What?" Yeah, Seymour Butts, and then just runs away. Oh, <laughs> does Futurama reference that? Yes, they oh. do. <laughs> Yeah, it, like what? Um, the pizza order. Like, yeah. I, I see Wiener, Seymour Butts. Yeah. Oh, gotcha. Isn't that The Simpsons? No, it was Futurama. Oh. Wait, okay. which one is it in Futurama? Because they do it once in Futurama. It is I see Wiener. 
It is icy wiener. Okay, yep. the Simpsons of Seymour butts. God yeah, the Seymour. That was a uh, Bart. Bart was Seymour butts. On that note, we are doing anything <laughs> not to talk about the Clefairy episode. I think the problem is we we expended so much energy talking about it the first time, <laughs> and now it's like, oh god, we have to relive it. Yes, we have you, to relive yes. Seymour. <laughs> oh You're 100 percent correct about that. Okay. Should we just Where do like, do a, like a flash? <laughs> A flash, um... Flash cast. <laughs> <laughs> this is already going great. Okay. Okay, let's just read our notes out loud. Qu- okay. <laughs> Note okay. one, I wish the Zubats had killed Seymour. <laughs> oh my Mount god. Mount Moon. Mount Moon. The guy screaming. Ash run in to help a Pokemon, <laughs> but doesn't when it's a human. <laughs> Jacob, these are your notes? <laughs> I don't know. I, just, I, I didn't have. I don't know. <laughs> I spent so much time with the Ron Hubbard thing. I didn't really write down. <laughs> Alex, what are your notes? Oh my god. Um. Okay. <laughs> Am I literally just reading what I have? No. Like, no. Bullet, no. <laughs> bullet points. Okay. You can if you want. First of all, I put why. Why is a scientist on patrol in a cave? Because he's not a scientist. Okay, let's get into it. Seymour, the scientist, is not a scientist. He decided he's living in a delusion that he's a scientist on a mission to save yep. the ecosystem of the cave. Seymour, <laughs> and he he's really impressed that the Clefairy have created their own society in which they jump in circles. Seymour, Seymour, huh. I actually like the cave story. So Pokemon from space. Seymour is a Scientologist. Are you reading your notes? Are these your actual notes? My next note says, I considered writing down every single thing that Seymour said, but ultimately decided I would rather not waste my life doing so. Thank God for that. (laughs) Okay. Oh my God, I don't even know how to follow this. (laughs) Ash is a... Ash is a fucking poser for trying to say he understands Pikachu when he doesn't at all. No, he does not. However, <laughs> Pikachu is very impressive because Pikachu has an incredibly intricate understanding of human language to the point where he's able to create visual puns. <laughs> which we see demonstrated later when he does his impressions, which are very impressive. Oh my gosh. Okay, the actual one thing I wanted to note was the fact that Brock caught a Zubat off screen like it was no big thing. It was impossible for him to do so. There was no time for him to do that. When he would he had good. See, that's exactly right. He he's the best for so many reasons. He actually just defied all laws of time and space and caught a Zubat somehow. Why did they give actually, Brock a Zubat? Zubat Devolving is so underrated. I like Zubat actually, but it's why? So cute. That's a, that's a weird choice. Why it's a rock not? Pokémon. What? It's a rock Pokemon, so it makes sense. As, as wait, are you being yeah? Like, it's poison flying rock. Yeah, it's a fossil. What? <laughs> okay. You guys have officially lost your mind. Yeah, we're with Seymour. <laughs> we're sitting with him in the Moonstone, traveling yep. space as we speak. Yep. And I'm so <laughs> glad I hopped on this ship. Well, okay. actually, we're like both in padded rooms, like going to Mars, <laughs> going to Mars. I don't know about you, 
but I'm here with that cracked up Pidgey, and we're just chilling. <laughs> me and Seymour, okay. and I'm afraid he's gonna kill me. Here's <laughs> he keeps here's looking real, at me, licking his lips. <laughs> here's a real thought for you guys: What if Pokemon actually did introduce triple types? Okay, we're gonna just ignore Seymour. Okay, um, <laughs> he's a lunatic. I feel like it's kind of too late. What? It's kind of too late. Too late for what? For triple types. Like, how many Pokemon already have two types that should have three? How many Pokemon only have one type that should have two? Ooh. My, I'm specifically thinking of Luxray. What should, oh, it should be dark. Why is it not electric dark? That, oh, I'm let's sorry, go down this biggest, rabbit hole. It's my biggest gripe. Oh my god. Why? To... No, actually, I'm sorry, Jacob, I'm interrupting you. Why <laughs> is... <laughs> I know, I'm so, I'm so mean. I'm so sorry. Why is Xerneas not a grass type? Because it doesn't have anything to do with grass. Yes, it does. No, it doesn't. I will Why isn't Gyarados too? a water type? Jacob, stop. <laughs> <laughs> I want to know. I'm sorry. That's my biggest... I take that back. Xerneas is my biggest gripe. Like, Eveltal is what? Dark, flying, flying like a Murkrow. Dark... Yeah, so then to balance it out, why is Xerneas not Grass Fairy? Yep. It makes why, no sense, and I hate it. There's a bunch that don't make sense. Like, why isn't Charizard Fire Dragon Flying? See, he could be a triple type. Yeah, I mean, it. I don't think he could even fly in the original games. Y'all need to that stop pissed, ignoring Seymour and trying to come up with new topics of conversation. <laughs> yes, he has wings and he can't fly. Bullshit. If we spend too much time on Seymour, we will legitimately go insane and end up. <laughs> I'm already there, like him. <laughs> so, well, okay, so, so, let's focus on the fact that so, he decided to live here with the Clefairy. Oh yeah, and then later, didn't you say later we return to Mount Moon and he's nowhere to be we seen? We go to that exact cave and he's not there. Good. Presumably, the Clefairy have also killed him and killed eaten him, him. And or he left his face, his... or he's in a. Uh, He's in a safe place where he can no longer hurt the Clefairy or himself. I could just see him, like, wallering on the ground, hugging himself, <laughs> just going, Clefairy, Clefairy, Clefairy. <laughs> okay, what if the entire Pokemon anime is the delusions of Seymour from his <laughs> hospital room? He's just like, Ash, Ash. <laughs> Forget the whole Ash in a coma theory. It's actually Seymour's crazy crackpot delusion. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Are we officially done with this? Can we go ahead and do quotes, actually? Oh, actually, there was one other note that I wrote down that I think we talked about last time because I always have to mention Pokemon, Pokemon mechanics when oh. they come up. So Misty used Staryu in this episode, and I think, Jacob, you originally mentioned this in the, in the original recording that we did, that her Pokeball actually physically opened to get Staryu to return. It wasn't yes. not just the beam of light. It was the opening of the Pokeball. So Very interesting. I noted that because I note these things. Thank you for remembering. I'm so far gone right now, I don't even know. Um, I'd also like to point <laughs> out that Meowth jumped from a cliffside to attack Misty's fairy. <laughs> Misty threw this Pokeball, Pokeball. It slowly okay. sank to the bottom of the riverbed. Then Staryu came out. Then it had time to come up into the air and shoot Meowth away. All while Meowth was falling. Yes. That is a good point. That's how Seymour visualized it, so that's how it happened. Oh, God. <laughs> now everything makes sense. Yep. My oh. eyes are wide open. And then, 
I don't know if you guys missed the sexual innuendo joke that Jesse made. What was it? She said at some point, she said, let's show them size doesn't matter. Oh, oh I actually put that. I put that down. Ah, we didn't Dang mention it. that last time. Yeah. Oh, I, like, I put, um, okay, Clefairies have a religious quote or religious cult size doesn't matter to Pokemon or does it not matter to James or Jesse? Maybe that's why she, maybe maybe that's why she's with James. Well, we all know Jesse's the one Peggy in, in that relationship. <laughs> that's right. She's definitely the. Time. Okay, okay. Do we think Jesse and James belong together? I think they do not. No. No, they're more brother sister. Right. If we're being serious. And they're both like bisexual drag icons. Yes. Yep. So, there's that. There is that. <laughs> oh, and then the thing that we mentioned at the end of the last one, where they are walking down the street and they get to the crossroads and the sign to Cerulean City and we see Gary's little loving note he leaves to Ash. Yes, even though they only met for approximately 30 seconds. Gary was here, Ash is a loser. loser. Which I appreciate that. Where were the tire treads from Gary's Porsche? He was being carried this time. Oh. I still want to know who the cheerleaders are. The Pallet Towns uh, High Senior Cheer Squad. Who he paid to? Who he follow. paid <laughs> to drive him around? Or Oak paid. I mean, if I was samurai, well, I'd be like, yeah. And one of those three trainers, like he had like an entourage in a in a convertible, and they just came by. I'm still salty that we don't know who the other two are. I want to. I know. think it's red and blue. But whoa, gosh, whoa, are red whoa. and blue. Wait, do you mean blue the girl <laughs> or green yeah. the girl? Either or, whichever one makes me right. Presumably, one of them would have to be green slash leaf, right? We'd never seen her anywhere else. I mean, I just want to know who could it possibly be. Is she be? wearing, like, her black dress and white gloves? We never see. We never know. Mystery. And we may never know. <laughs> and I choose you. It's, like, Crystal from Gold, from specifically from Crystal, and Tierno from X and Y, if I remember correctly. That is, yeah. Yeah. Is it really? Yeah, it's, like, ran, they picked a random profile shots of people that is super weird it's bizarre okay let's do li- let's move on <laughs> let's move on yep. with our live <laughs> let's do our mvp and lvps <laughs> i legitimately did not remember but let's on that note we'll transition into that okay alex jacob austin oh god okay um i had two can i do two or should i just do one and see what you guys have i'll allow it wait are we doing quotes uh, are we doing quotes is that what you said yeah quotes Woo! Oh my god, did you not? Did you say MVP, LVP? I don't know what I said. I no longer exist on this world! <laughs> I'm Clefairy, sorry. Clefairy, Clefairy, Clefairy. <laughs> I was actually looking over at the gif of the Clefairy as you were speaking, Austin, and I lost all track of time. <laughs> I'm not a Clefairy. I love it. I'm a Clefable. Clefable, I'm sorry, okay. Clefable. I'm gonna mem- nah, I can't even talk anymore. <laughs> I'm gonna minimize this. Okay, what- Please tell me what you want to do, Austin. It's up to you. Oh my god, why is it up to me? Jacob, you're the host. I'm gonna do I'm gonna do MVP and LVP and I'm gonna go first because I'm the host. Okay. Damn. Just you're completely <laughs> just steamrolling over the the uh, rules here. Okay. Yep. I am reshuffling it until you're on top, Jacob. Hold on, it's taking a beat more I'm, than once. Okay, yeah, you're first and me always, than Alex. <laughs> I'm always on top. I'm always top. Cutting that out. And I'm always top. Or leave it. So my MVP, I like Staryu because he hurts me out. 
Damn. And I think Meowth was kind of annoying me at the time I wrote that, so I don't know. And we'll yeah, whatever. My LVP is um Ron Hubbard, L. Ron Hubbard. Just because I don't think he makes it after this episode, I, I think he That's made the only reason. <laughs> well, yeah, because <laughs> I think he, reason. I think he's like his space theory. I think that holds water. The oxes. Um, yep. And but the fact that he doesn't share this with anyone else and just tries to get some kids, coerce some kids into some cult is really frowned upon. Yes. Why in today's were, society? Why were the groups so. following L. Ron Hubbard around? Yep. And joining contemplating joining his cult so no at multiple times they're like this guy seems like a crazy person that's what he, that's how it starts okay and next thing you know you're sipping kool-aid you start with the skepticism yep and then it turns into optimism then you're that girl from smallville there you go this is getting too oh. real <laughs> yeah we're gonna meta. get sued Super by meta. Scientology. <laughs> bring it on um we're gonna so be that's on it. some list oh i'm sure we already, already are. Am. what are we we're um what is their weird term, like pr- problematic person or something? Excommunicated. Uh, well, we're definitely problematic people now. If we weren't before, so suppressive person, also known as SP. Suppress- I'm an SP. Okay, <laughs> okay. Apparently, suppressive pe- persons or SP make up 2.5 percent of the population, according to L. Ron Hubbard. Uh, okay. I-, I think we might be what? in that 2.5. What exactly is a suppressive person? Oh, here we go. Okay. Oh, God. <laughs> Am I going to regret asking this? Probably. When you get sued by Scientology, yeah. Oh. To all our Scientology listeners. Oh, and there's also there. potential trouble sources, abbreviated PTS. Uh, Scientology defines a PTS as a person who is in some way connected to and being adversely affected by a suppressive person. Uh, Hubbard suggested that PTS made up 17.5% of the population. This is ridiculous. He is very precise with his measurements. Well, he's obviously a loony. Abuse of the label. My source is Wikipedia. Totally legit. How could you even know if somebody's going to be a potential problem person? You can't even know that. Okay, I'm going to move on to my MVP LPB. My MVP (laughs) is Zubat because Zubat Saw L. Ron Hubbard, the so- so- sociologist. No, Scientologist. <laughs> sociologist. <laughs> we are gone. We are so gone. <laughs> oh, God. I wish we were high. Jesus. Oh, my God. And, and okay, Zubat was trying to do the Lord's work and kill L. Ron Hubbard. And <laughs> my LBP is going to be... Um, us for having to watch this episode and talk about it twice. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I love that. I think, That's great. I think we've seen this episode more times than probably like physically allowable and so mm. <laughs> we'll never to have to watch this again. Okay, oh is there god. anyone in the rest of Kanto who's more crazy than Seymour? Am I <laughs> no. wrong? No. <laughs> no. And if they are, then... oh. They're a lost cause. The guy who points the gun at Ash's face. Yeah, that's true, too. But is he really crazy, or is he just, like, an ornery old man? Uh, if an old man is pointing a gun in your face, that's not a good situation. Well, I don't know. I think I'd rather come face-to-face with that guy than L. Ron Hubbard. Whoa. 
I mean, Seymour the scientist seems, or Seymour the sociologist seems pretty harmless. <laughs> Until he, like, murders you and then, like, offers you a, up as a sacrifice to the Clefairy gods. Jeez. Yeah, the Clefairy yeah. aren't completely blameless either. They're pretty scary themselves. That little caveat. Ooh, let's talk about the manga with the Clefairy. Oh my god, we completely oh had a gosh. whole segment on okay. this last time. I am going to take our first recording with us talking and about mesh that. mesh it together. And put it at the end of this episode with the distorted audio. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Please do as, that. As a symptom of our further descent into madness that these damn Clefairies have put us into. Well, we have to capture the whole Jacob being scarred by it the first time. Yeah, my reaction, my initial reaction was not pleasant. Nor should it have been, by the way. Okay, my MVP was Onyx, because Onyx saved the day. He stopped Team Rocket from barreling down the mountainside, and he went underground and then popped up and stopped them dead in their tracks. And plus, like Jacob said, Onyx is really super cool. And Thank you. He's the, he's the only one that seems to get anything done, so... He's very useful Pokemon. And unfortunately, I don't know. My Originally, I was first, so when I did LVP, I picked Seymour. And now I don't know who to pick because... Pick the Clefairy because they have to live with him. But that was, that's... They're victims then in that case. They wouldn't be... That's through no fault of their own. Um, <laughs> that's a justifiable homicide right there. For what? Seymour? Yeah. Oh, Yeah. He, he just, you know what, he just invited himself. Like, how does he even know that the Clefairy even want him there? They're like, excuse me, this is our life. Get the hell oh, out of remember here. Remember, we did have that discussion last episode when they handed him his glasses. Yeah, like, so take them, your glasses and get out. Yeah, them doing that one, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Them doing that one nice thing was enough to sway uh, Elrond Hubbard to stay with the Clefairy. I think so. that's pretty realistic that you do one nice thing for uh, not necessarily Same all their person and they do not leave you <laughs> alone after that that's perfect so can can i just can i just say seymour he's just <laughs> yeah yeah i'm sorry i don't know of any other character well, to pick technically jacob said elrond hubbard so you can pick seymour okay so i'm sorry i know it's a complete cop-out but i just my brain is completely zapped and fried from having to talk about him all right so. alex now you go again because you got the first quote Oh, um, let's see what I wrote down. I wrote down two. Oh, Ash to Team Rocket. That was my favorite one. He says to them, don't you guys get tired of saying the same thing over and over? Little does he know that they repeat the motto every episode for the next 25 years. Mm. And then, well, I don't want to say my second one in case you guys picked Not go for it. that same quote. Go for it. It doesn't matter. Oh, okay. Um, in that case, so... The part where Ash is trying to interpret what Pikachu is saying to the rest of the group. And he says, Clefairy, collect these rocks and do the Macarena? Hey! hey. <laughs> Macarena. Macarena. Ah. Macarena. Ah. So ah. That, was, that was pretty great. Okay, I go next. And mine, what? my favorite Seymour quote was Seymour saying, Of course, it all makes sense now. And Ash justifiably says, What does? Seymour says, Outer space! Pokemon and the human race will ride to the moonstone into space, first to the moon, then to Mars, and then among the stars. That was a great impression. Why am I not the voice of Seymour the scientist? Please keep on with the the voice impressions. All right, Jacob, you go. That. Uh, okay. You guys took all the good ones. No. 
We're sorry. Uh, <laughs> I cheated good. and took two. You told me I could. That is true. I did allow that, so it's my own fault. When uh, Team Rocket's blasting off, they go... Jesse goes, oh, it looks like we're blasting off again. And James goes, yep, again, again. And the mouth goes, oh, that was metronome. And Jesse goes, I give that two thumbs down. Oh. And James goes, me too. And the mouth goes, me three. But he doesn't have thumbs. So whatever. That was... That was impressive. Okay. Okay, let, let's get the fuck out of here. Yeah. I'm done. Let's get out of here. Yep, we're done. All so, right, everyone says... Oh, go for it. No, no, I was going to say, so that was that was a complete off the rails Yep. train wreck. Luckily for y'all, this train continues to have no brakes. That is our re-recording of episode two. And apparently Austin's going to add some original audio into this episode, so we'll see how that goes. But until just, next time, go ahead. I was gonna say just splice it both together. And it could be like a four-hour <laughs> yeah, lunatic a four hour experience. Yeah. <laughs> what are they doing? And over and over again. This is what this they is the repeat and episode. People. Yep. Can we like overlay the original? Like, <laughs> <laughs> just imagine. Just smash oh, it together God. and see. Oh, I God. really so. Just a side note, I'm sorry, I know you guys are trying to wrap this up, but I just want to say, I did not, I have not yet listened to the original recording that we did, so I really do not remember what we talked about the first time versus this time, so. I don't <laughs> oh either. Oh my god. This was just, uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> Maybe Ooh. we should just release both of them and see what happens. Compare and yeah, contrast. See which one gets the most downloads. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, see which okay. one people hate more. Okay. All oh. right. So leave us a five-star review. Yep. Leave us a five-star review and comment if you uh, feel so inclined. feel so inclined to do so, and let us know what you think so far. But <laughs> don't be don't be too honest. Yep. Yep. Be sure. Yeah. Be nice, please. Don't be honest. Be nice. We we encourage optimism here, and uh, so. We, I guess that's it for this episode, and we look forward to doing the episode next week, and hopefully you guys get to listen in as we continue to discuss these episodes, and as we like to say, as the journey continues. I have a question actually real quick about a okay. oh, sorry, I have a question real quick about Clefairy. Wasn't Clefairy initially supposed to be the mascot? Yes. Ooh okay. boy. Okay. Oh Ooh boy. You open that door. I Let's talk know. about the Pocket Monsters manga real quick. Because I did some Googling on that last night when I thought about Clefairy. Go for it. Alex, do you want to describe to Jacob the pictures I sent you? Um I do not want to describe the picture. <laughs> we are an E for explicit podcast. How do you even? How do you even start, like, explaining that? Like, can you put them in the Discord real quick? Yes, oh, I, oh uh, okay. I can. I want to see these first. Oh, oh, one moment, please. Okay. 
I can't remember where I read that from about Clefairy being the original mascot, but what made me think about it was in this episode they talk about how, like, they're super rare and never seen before. Like, this is the first time anybody has ever actually seen them before. Well, was Seymour the source of that? What's that? No, uh, Pokedex. Oh, okay. Yeah, the Pokedoc- Poke- Pokedex says Pokedexter. that. Pokedexter. Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, Austin, do you want to explain that? Well, no. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. For, for the audience. Okay. Well, first we should give the context of in the first Pokemon manga that was serialized, Pocket Monsters, Red starts with Clefairy and then shortly after gets Pikachu. So it's the two of them. And they considered Ash getting Clefairy in the anime and they said Pikachu was a much better choice, which I agree with. So this Pocket Monsters manga, at least at various points, features some explicit content involving testicles, like testicles being grabbed and stretched out several feet like <laughs> away from the owners of the testicles. Oh my God. And he's, oh. So we're looking at pictures of Red in his situation. It's I'd not like to just point out that here I am minding my own business. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> just like sitting comfortably in my room. And then I get this Snapchat from Austin and it's these pictures. And I'm like, what the actual hell is going on? This was in a children's comic. Oh, like apparently. And I and then I just had so many questions, like namely, <laughs> why does this exist? Why did somebody put their pen to a piece of paper and draw this? That's my question. I'm sending the picture of Pikachu being face planted into his own shit. Excuse me. Yeah. Oh my what god! What is going on in this picture? You need to read this. Can I read this? What? happening with this clefairy and this compromising what is behind him i don't know i do know that in the early days there was a lot of like weird pokemon that didn't exist and they only had like random appearances in this manga this oh. is very <laughs> jacob's on lost if you would like to google pocket monsters manga clefairy to find these images now, feel free to the problem is like the link you sent me redirected me to nothing but a page full of like pokemon erotica what <laughs> no did not and there's a there's like a scene here where it's only in japanese it's in hiragana that like charmander is grabbing red by a testicle yes and, and yanking it towards him i think that you on that you on, on purpose and there's a whole bunch more of like clefairy pissing on pikachu and what? And something about Clefairy dipping Pikachu into some water by its tail and then making Pikachu shit all over himself. Those links are gonna stay blue for me. <laughs> like they just keep uh, going. Yeah, this went on from the very beginning from red and green through the through Sun and Moon. I can't stop looking. Oh my god. Austin. I'm, I'm broke. I'm broke. I'm not gonna, I'm not clicking on them. Do I'm not. not. Welcome, welcome to Stretchy Testicles, a Pocket Monsters manga podcast. Oh my god. That, that was enough for me. 
I'll just the, take your The word. last one I sent was the part where these characters appear in the anime, which we <sighs> briefly talked about last week. I'm good. I think I'm good. That one's actually the safest one of all. I'm good. I don't the care. I'm good. One? Yeah. Do I click it? Do I dare click yeah, it? Go for it. It's from Cerebi. Okay. Let me see. Oh, that's just Teddy Ursa and the weird Clefairy. This Clefairy is very strange looking. It has a bunch of facial like stuff going on here. Very facial expression in it. It's like 95% face. Yeah. <laughs> All up in your face. <laughs> 